We are looking at the life and specifically the speech of Stephen to the Sanhedrin. We're in Acts chapter 7. Stephen, what has he been doing here in front of the Sanhedrin? Well, he's been falsely accused of wanting to destroy the temple, saying that Jesus would destroy the temple and doing away with Moses' laws. So he's standing in front of the Sanhedrin and they're accusing. They ask, is this true? And then he goes into a very beautiful, eloquent sermon. And he goes all through Israel's history of where it started with Abraham and that it ends at the tabernacle. And then he stops with the history and then he looks directly at these men in the Sanhedrin and basically calls them out. He's portrayed how God has done all of this keeping of his promise. And yet all through this, he doesn't point out all the times that God's people have turned their back on God and walked away from him. But all of a sudden, in verse 51 of chapter 7, he lashes out, You stiff-necked people, your hearts and ears are still uncircumcised. The message is, with all that God has done and shown, and the deliverance and the promises kept, and yet, he goes on to say in verse 51, you're just like your ancestors. You always resist the Holy Spirit. Spirit. So what was it that made his face look like an angel? Well, that'd be the Holy Spirit. They saw it. They heard the words of Stephen, and yet they were not willing to really listen. Verse 52 says, was there ever a prophet your ancestors did not persecute? Mm -hmm. They even killed those who predicted the coming of the righteous one. And now you, he's talking to the Sanhedrin. Now, this is the same Sanhedrin that three and a half years earlier had voted for the death of Christ had politically manipulated Pilate to kill Jesus on a cross. This is the same group of people. Stephen says, and now you have betrayed and murdered him, you who have received the law that was given through the angels, but have not obeyed it. If the members of the Sanhedrin had allowed the Holy Spirit to touch their hearts, what would have happened at that moment? Well, they would have confessed and then everything would have been different. Who would have benefited? everybody. And then the ripple effect of that. So Stephen says, you guys are unrepentant. You're not willing. You're hard-hearted. You're stiff-necked. And they did their best to prove it. Isn't that something? That's like when you ask someone, are you angry? And they say, I'm not angry. Stephen pointed out the obvious. Had they repented? Had they submitted? Had they set their anger, vengeance, greed, envy aside, and hit their knees and pled for forgiveness. What an eternal impact that would have had. But they didn't. They even got more stiff-necked. Verse 54, when the members of the Sanhedrin heard this, they were furious and gnashed their teeth at it. They were unwilling to hear it. Stephen was fulfilling something in Daniel. In the 300-day prophecy, Gabriel told Daniel that 490 years, or 77s, mm-hmm. would be given to his people, Daniel's people, the Jews. And there were six things that they were to accomplish during that time. But that at the end of that time, they would either be for the Messiah or against and destroyed. So the prophecy was way back in the book of Daniel. Stephen was proclaiming, here we are at the end of 490 years, you Jews have completely rejected God. So are you saying that this is a direct fulfillment of prophecy and this is a cutoff date? This is a cutoff date. This is the end of the 490 years, after which 
the gospel will go to the Gentiles. The special relationship between Jesus and the Jews will come to an end. The special relationship. From this point on, Jews are saved just like everyone else mm -hmm. through Jesus. Up until this time, that God would send them prophets and God would continually plead with them. That time's over. Now God is going to plead with everybody, everybody. the same. No more special treatment for the Jews. So is this so would another way of saying this is they ceased to be his chosen people and now the chosenness is in accepting Christ? Yes. Whether you're Jew, yes. Gentile. See, they were chosen Martian. to be the ethnicity or the people of the Messiah. Right. The Messiah was going to come through Abraham's descendants, then Isaac's descendants, then Jacob's descendants, then Judah's descendants. And down through time, that's where Jesus would come. That was his lineage. But it wasn't just to keep the Messiah to themselves, was it? No, Were they never. not supposed to be an example to the, to the nations around, to the people around? Yes. God's goal from day one was for all people of the earth. He had a special thing with Abraham. Abraham listened to him and followed him. So that was the same with Isaac and Jacob and Joseph. When we accept Christ, he can work through us. When we reject him, he can't. So they're furious. They're furious at Stephen. But when they look at Stephen, when they're yelling at Stephen, when they're gritting their teeth at Stephen, verse 55 says, But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God. Wow, that's something. Not even concerned about the faces around him. Stephen is in touch, in line, connected to, focused on. Yeah something that's happening in heaven. Yeah. This is what it says. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. So what does that mean to the Sanhedrin? If Stephen looks up and sees the glory of God, that means he's on the right side mm -hmm. and they've been opposing him. And he sees Jesus standing on the right hand of God, that means the Jesus they killed is now at the right hand of God and they're in trouble. They're in trouble. Yeah. He sees this, but he doesn't keep it to himself. In verse 56, he says, look, I see heaven open and the son of man standing at the right hand of God. I don't even know if they took it in. The whole room of people would move with one fluid motion mm -hmm. intent upon destroying the man, the voice the witness to the glory of God. They covered their ears and yelling at the top of their voices. Why would they cover their ears? Because they didn't want to hear what he had to say. Stiff-necked. Why would they yell at the top of their voices? So that they could drown him out. That's pretty serious. They really wanted nothing more in. They rejected God. They killed the Messiah. And now they're rejecting the Messiah's witnesses. What were they thinking? They're so ingrained in what they think is right, and they're so wrong. Not just them, not just them. Throughout time, this has been the devil's ploy, is to get people to close their hearts, to discount the possibilities. God has been so falsely accused. Here, God is wanting to reach out to them and guide them into salvation, and they have their ears covered and their voices raised so they won't hear more of it. Rather than considering that there's another way, they've just closed themselves off. It says they dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. That means they grabbed up anything hard 
and heavy, and they threw it at his head. They wanted this man dead. But they didn't want to get blood splattered. So they took their outer clothes off, and they laid them at the feet of a young man named Saul. That's some foreshadowing right there. Stephen's not done speaking. How we get these words, I don't know, because they must have been drowned out. But it says, while they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he said this, he fell asleep. That's a martyr for Jesus, a witness. And that was the end of the specialness of the Jews. Jews are still special to God. Every human is special to God, but not in the same way. You and I can make that same disastrous decision. 